Welcome back to Noise Extra. I'm Gray Holger, here with my co-host Tara Connolly. Hi. And Mike Connolly. Hello. And uh, one of my favorite records. <laughs> this is an amazing one that Tara and I had never, never heard. Never heard of, never heard, but you said this was one of your all-time favorite records, so we're like, well, let's do it because we want to hear it and it kind of has something for all of us um because i was really excited that it's a history-based record so yay yes and and i mean sonically this is so up our alley you know this is just like oh yeah we're in you know so this is an exciting discovery for myself and tara so thank you gray for introducing us to nightmarish and the album is utrecht uh, 1993 on Galactoro, uh, one of my favorite labels. This this record is uh, an early one for them, 1993, and is one of my like uh, save in a fire <laughs> records. Like I have a mm-hmm. stack of records in the living room that are like some of my favorite records, and and this is uh, this is one of them. And uh, this I like everything on that label. All of it hits different spots, but this one, uh, man, this is such a nice dark textural atmospheric and uh sort of uh imagery inducing record uh and i actually well i know i've looked at the insert before i I don't know if i ever fully grasped the uh historical context of all of it so i know tara dug into that and i'm actually really excited to learn about it (laughs) oh oh me too trust me tara was going and she she is like a mad historian over here papers were flying everywhere at one point literally she like she like like was writing on something and like ripped a piece of paper off and threw it and and was writing on this other thing she's like oh did you know what this is so we have the mad historian uh tara for this episode and thank god because gray me and you man I don't know. She, you know, she really raises the bar. Tell, tell me you about know, it. I hope I can explain it well because it's it is it's pretty fascinating. Hey, trust me, it's really a glimpse into a an absolute different world. Well, we're gonna learn all about it, but before that, I want to learn about what the Connellys have been listening to. Mm. So today, actually, it's funny because the first sounds on this record, as we'll get to shortly, are sounds of water. And we've been very into Sounds of Water via Eric LaCasa, uh, yes. amazing field recording artist. We kind of mentioned certainly on the episode with Joel Colley. We also did a seven inch uh, by Eric LaCasa on Povertech. It's just that time, you know, we're all we're all cooped up. So hearing Sounds of, of Water mm-hmm. just makes you feel like you're in another environment. And. The record uh, today that we were listening to, actually, I'm going to go ahead and have Tara attempt to pronounce it. I mean, she'll do it right. L'empreinte livresse. There you go. <laughs> and we will... Uh, it was very small writing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just amazing. I really, you know, I think of him alongside, of course, Francisco Lopez kind of being some of the, the great field recording artists. And that album is no exception. It's amazing. Uh, and then also, um, we were uh, really digging into the Lies uh, label. I know Gray's yes. mentioned a lot of Ron Morelli stuff in episodes. And of course, you know, we, we love Ron and, and we love his label. Um, and we were really, really into the Lojack album 
uh, Garifuna variations. I'm sure again pronounced something wrong there. Um, but it's, it, it, it's it, from a while ago. Uh, it's 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 from you know it's from a while ago. But it just it really really sounds good, uh, and it sounded really good right at coming after. Eric Lacasa, something about it. Yeah, it does feel almost environmental. Exactly. In a weird way. It has an environmental, like ambient undercurrent um, yeah. going with it. And and I think that Lojack uses space really well. Yeah. So, like, you know, in between um, the electronic sounds, you get um, environmental, organic feelings. And it's, it's really nice. Yeah. And of course, Lojack, you know, also being a part of Rainforest Spiritual Enslavement. So, Makes you know, sense. it just absolutely. Absolutely makes sense. So and those... I love Lojack. And seeing Lojack live is yeah. also just like an absolute treat. Yeah. Um, yeah. It just takes you to other places. Absolutely. So those are the two uh, albums we were really, really into uh, before hitting play uh, three times on the Nightmarish album today. So <laughs> what about you, Mr. Holger? I went through a couple of the uh, things from the... like. Uh, more recent hospital batch, which was the Vatican Shadow Salford Electronics oh. tape, which is totally killer. I, I didn't know what to expect from a collaboration between the two, and uh, that is a cool one. Absolutely failed to mention that that was actually yesterday. We listened to that yesterday. <laughs> right, honey. It's so good, right? Yeah, yes. it's, re- it's really a cool one. It's so good. Uh, yeah, sometimes that stuff I'll check out online, and sometimes I'll wait until I have it in my midst or like it's the mm-hmm. right day to listen to. And uh, so I listened to another uh, one of the more recent hospital things, which was the Emil Bolio Polio cassette, which is the awesome, classic, so nasty Bolio. <laughs> it is really gross sounding and awesome. I High recommendation for the Bolio thing. Uh, like, and I, I love the FDR theme, and it just. It's just like, it's so great. Yes, absolutely. Just, it's pure bolio. If anyone, <laughs> if anyone has not grabbed that by now, I don't know what you're doing. You but just stop this podcast. Side polio, <laughs> side bolio. The new bolio. I mean, come on. This is like a huge deal in 2020. Seriously. <laughs> I listened to the first radio song CD on 7 Hertz and Tone Deaf. Which uh, Tone Deaf was a division of uh, Graphic Sounds, which also did Armed and Loaded which did the great slogan, condom, uh, OVMN, and skin crime audio pathology. And uh, so it's got the advert sticker for all those and, uh, of course, itself on it. Uh, really just great sound source from TV, uh, radio, glass, uh, field recordings. Just a really cool disc. And then uh, through on Escore's Shedder on Solipsism. It's a CDR from 99 on the self-abuse side label. And... It's really weird S-Core stuff. It's a mix of textural stuff and a lot of like loop tweaking. Uh, sometimes very strange and not what I was expecting and other times exactly what I wanted. So uh, nice to be surprised even by an artist you've listened to a bunch of sometimes. Mm-hmm. Totally. And Slipsism has an insane amount of releases. Like I, I like forget how much he did under that label name. There's kind of a lot of Solipsism CDRs out there. Yeah, it's yeah, cool. yeah. We'll have to we'll have to cover a specifically a solipsism one sometime. Well, there's one that's been on the list I think for a while. Cool. And so we'll, I, maybe, maybe I, we'll get to that. Well, hey, ah, tease maybe, it a little bit. Yeah, tease it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, that's that's about it. Yeah, I mean, obviously we all a million more things, but mm-hmm. I'm very excited to talk about this nightmarish album again. You know, 
again, uh, up until this week, we ter- this is a brand new record for us. Obviously, this record is nearly 20 years old, but for for us, it's a brand new record, and it's an exciting record to to really dig into. Nearly 30 years old. There you go. You're right. My God, it is the it is. Wow. I actually thought I was right when I said that, thinking that 1993 is nearly. I was like, yeah, it's like 17 years ago. 1993 is like 17 years ago. Wow. Uh, Well, you know what, though? This record takes you back in time. You know, this record. uh, Really, this record is like 500 years old. I think that is definitely the the actual reality. Yeah. Um, Great. Tell us, though. Uh, and tell us and tell our listeners, tell us a little bit about this label because I know that you are a huge fan of this label. And, you know, for anyone unfamiliar, why don't you give a little background on the Galactoro label? Uh, I mean, it's run by the two people behind House Serafna and November Novole. Novolet, I don't know how to say it. I've never heard anyone else, I think, pronounce it uh, what I would consider properly. I, I don't know if anyone knows. Uh, and. <sighs> It was in the late 90s that I, I heard about this stuff through the Children of God CD that House Arafna did. And that was, uh, I think I mentioned like the Malignant Records tumor list and, and getting stuff from Malignant back then. And that was one of the things I grabbed. And it was sort of that mix of like heavy electronics, uh, SPK inspired industrial and like aggressive power electronics with like almost a more industrial bend, like a more uh structured song thing but it's like analog synths samplers nasty buzzing loops really aggressive vocals uh and then i heard the november novelay record and uh that's like really mellow dreamy version of what i just described and, and melodic uh and I, I immediately started tracking down all other things so they mostly work with uh like th- a roster of artists. They have a very select few people they work with. And those people don't seem to work with, uh, too many other labels. If anyone at all, it's a lot of sort of exclusive artists on the label and they don't release too much stuff. It's usually like a couple of records and a couple seven inches a year. Not, not a ton of stuff, um, but have been around since the early nineties. And this is, uh, we did a, a completism episode uh, that we discussed uh, like collecting and completing collections with Chris Sienko that's on our Patreon. And in that episode, I, I think I mentioned this. This is one of those labels that like I have. I'm missing one record on this label. I have everything else because I, I will buy anything that they put out. <laughs> um, what record are you missing? The first seven inch. Sexy mass. Anyone that that knows the label is going to be like, oh, yeah, you don't have the like the hardest one to get. So, yeah, uh, one day. But otherwise, everything else. It's been reissued. There's a great collection of singles by House of Rafna. And that's that's well, but you need that. You need the original. I mean, original. So so anyone who has it, just pop it in a box, put noise extra on the box and uh, it'll uh, it'll It'll get to us. Right. That's how mail works, I think. Think so these days, yeah, I think that is how mail's yeah. working. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, one of the artists that they that they've worked with and done a couple albums by has sort of a more storied history. They work with, uh, and it reminded me a track on this album reminded me of him is Herman Kopp, who did the soundtrack to Necromantic, right? Um, and he's a, a violinist, and there's some some scratchy, scratchy, stringy sounds on some of these tracks that definitely conjured up the sort of dissonant vibes that he gives off in his records. Now, we should talk about one of those someday. His records for this label mm-hmm. are really fantastic. Uh, yeah. Under, under a Demon's good. Mask and Zynadanger, I think, uh, are the titles. Oh. Um, 
but yes uh i don't know uh really nice consistent design aesthetic really nice uh packaging often like textured inserts uh this record itself uh is packaged in a way that i really like it's this like dark dark purple blue uh with black uh except there's areas of white on it and when you actually get the record it's there's four or three sorry there's three rectangles cut out of the cover which show through to the title and parts of the artwork underneath on the insert and the insert has been uh watercolored it's like an 11 by 11 insert it's been lightly tinted with uh, like watercolors and it looks really cool. They did another record early on by Carl Runau called Osmos. And that is a printed jacket, uh, which has a, a light wash of color across it. Uh, you know, like each one unique and, uh, like, a the Carl Runau logo really like a big, like two and a half inch circular stamp on it. So it's got a handmade process in the like professional manufacturing of something. Uh, a lot of their later stuff is straight up like just nicely manufactured, but they have these record jackets like the texture of them. Sometimes like you don't find other places. I'm not sure where they're having them made, but uh, it's cool. Anyway, uh, one of my favorite labels, uh, like I said, I'll buy anything on this label. And uh, just this record is one of those that I like had to seek out a few years ago after having low quality files of it for a long time. So it's been something I've heard a lot, but actually only recently last five years acquired a copy of nice well i am glad you did because yeah it looks it does look really cool and i do really like the the mix of the you know professional manufacturer thing with the hand because because the, they're hand cut right but <laughs> they're, uh, they're a they're, tiny bit sloppy they're, they're pretty good better than i could do it's but not they're also like a nice. die, but it's not like it, yeah so i like that getting the professionally made jackets, but then actually cutting into it. I think it's a really cool style. So you're I saying agree. it's somewhere between gross and you like it's <laughs> yeah. on that spectrum, like yeah. right in the middle. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, it's yeah. nice. Yeah. But man, wow. So this is such a cool album. Talk about atmospheric. I mean, that's you are, we are just in an atmosphere. So nightmarish is, it's a one woman project, correct? To the best of my knowledge, that's one of the things about this label it also is a lot of the stuff, aside from their kind of flagship bands, is pretty mysterious. You don't know who's in it or what's going on with this. So, again, I've been listening to this record for a long time, but I never, there's no credits on it, and I didn't quite know who it was. In the last few years, I figured out uh, who who's behind it or what other, and some other projects they have, which I have tracked down. Um, but they're really, this right this project only has two releases and they're both on this collectoral label there's this and there's a pompeii cd um which is a really really fantastic disc too um but yes as far as i can tell from the information available it's it is one woman and i think tara you you uh have her name handy eve buchner okay there we go it could be buckner um but i'm pretty sure it's buchner because she is from the netherlands right yes Uh, (laughs) well I guess we Possibly. don't know that for sure. So from don't. from somewhere in that area. <laughs> uh, you know what? No, I would bet Germany. Oh, Germany, yeah. Could, do, does Galactero generally work with German artists then? Yeah, but there's some like uh, Russian stuff. But again, it's like it's all it's a lot of mystery. It's one of the things I like about the label is yeah. the layer of mystery to it. So well, like we are <laughs> it, it still goes. We're not a thousand percent sure, but what we are sure of is how much we love this album. 
Yeah, the mystery only contributes to the mystery that lies within the album because it is there's no lyrics. It's just completely just dark atmosphere, um, mental imagery, mood. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, this it starts. We just start with slow waves washing on the dark shore. I mean, that's yeah. how this mm-hmm. you that's the needle lands, and there you are, and here we are. And you are happy to be there because you're just like, yes, this is, I'm in. Yeah, it's all damp, dark water, catacombs, yeah. darkness. I mean, yeah, you guys, you've been to, <laughs> you've been to Amsterdam, right? So, you yes. know, the, the yeah. like, it's the, the uh, bridges over the waterways and it's just sort of being that close to the water and hearing those, uh, those kind of sounds. I, I, I was taken back to like, like. Amsterdam at night, but in the 1500s was like really where, where I went. Totally, when the, the, the streets when there weren't the streets weren't paved and the you know, whatever. Like uh, I just had this like very much uh, back in time at night with the water by your side, walk you know walking along through the streets, and the sort of sounds and environments you might encounter on that on that walk. Absolutely. And I mean, that's a perfect place to be because this record really is history. I mean, this record is talking about 500 years ago. This is talking about, well, Tara, what is this talking the, about? Uh, the title Utrecht is, is a reference to in 1579, the provinces in the northern part of the Netherlands signed the Union of Utrecht. And that was the precursor to the official declaration of independence for the Netherlands. So, um, this entire album has places that were relevant for the fight for independence um, of the Netherlands, Belgium, um, parts of Eastern France, parts of Germany um, from the reign of, well, it, initially it started out with Charles V and then it was passed on to Philip II. I didn't realize that Spain ruled the Netherlands. Did you guys know Spain ruled the Netherlands at this time? Did not know that. Nope. Uh, <laughs> So Charles V, um, whose dad was named Philip the Handsome, by the way, so uh, so he inherited the Netherlands when he was six years old, um, and he was responsible for establishing that monarchy of Spain, where they say it's um, it's the realm in which the sun never sets. That is all due to him because he captured so much territory, um, and so that is when uh, the Netherlands came under his power and uh, and they they were tired of it because it was a Spanish monarchy and Calvinism was very popular at the time, especially um, in northern Belgium. And as you know, like Belgium is still divided between the Flemish side and the French side. So, you know, there was a lot of um, tension in terms of the the monarchy ruling them. And that's really, you know, that really kind of puts puts you in, you know, what this this whole album is about. And a lot of that you know, some of that information is in, you know, the liner notes. So you kind of sets the stage for, for what we're, what we're hearing. And yeah, man, I mean this, just this first track right here, Amsterdam. I mean, just that, just these, all, you know, mm-hmm. you, you start with that water, but then there are these kind of high tones that kind of come in and float around a little bit and they kind of float in the fog, you know, 
and it's just kind of like inner, you know, you're just you're just entering a, a different time. Yeah, and it really made me think, like you know, when you're in Amsterdam, they have the Museum of Torture. I assume everybody that goes to Amsterdam goes there. <laughs> but um, but this uh, at this time, they were also rebelling against the Spanish Inquisition, and it wasn't necessarily the same style of like torturous Inquisition, but that was certainly a part of it. Like people were um, tortured, murdered, beheaded, and all of those things. Um, so seeing that the the city of Amsterdam and thinking of their history with the Inquisition and thinking about their their fight for um, independence against the Spanish monarchy truly made me think of like, you know, being rushed down catacombs with a bag over your head and like hearing the bats in the air and just darkness and people hiding and trying to, you know, not not be caught. I think there is a, a hushed tone to a lot of these things like i know some of this deals with a revolt but i am uh the sense of that i get is not in uh, an outright battle but more like sabotage and sneaking around and hiding your actions mm-hmm. and and plotting and that's the vibe it gets because the the sound palette on this record is pretty restrained water makes an appearance several times uh there's there's use of melody but it's really really simple and kind of stripped back melodies there's really nice layering of things like sometimes you've got like you're like well there's six layers of sort of like weird synth or drone happening with they're all at different sort of distances and that's why it, it takes you to a place i think you're hearing something off in the distance behind you and then there's something grinding in front of you and there's someone uh you know uh panhandling for change like kind of further away mm-hmm. and it's all seen through this like lamplight haze at night and this whole record has this kind of i'm not sure that i want to call it oppressive but hushed feel to it a hiding absolutely yeah i, I think yeah i think you're i think hiding and hushed is is perfect words to describe this album um and 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 he, in the right the, the the tracks i actually would say and again it's that it's that it's barely a it's barely a criticism it's one of those things where i almost just wish every track was i wish this was 12 albums basically uh you know each track could have <laughs> i could have just listened to on its own for an album's length. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah, so, they flow which I love, so well. That, you know like, what I mean? Like, yeah, it's hard to know exactly where you are. Like, each track is distinct. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't say yes. that they're indistinct, but at the same time, you, you they just kind of, like, like slip out of your grasp in terms yeah. of picking out what it is. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, the, the second track, uh, Marguerite and Granville, you know, it, it, it there is kind of a continuation, um, but there's, now we're getting a little more tension and it's uh, the the feeling I had in, with this track was it was like if I stared straight ahead, everything was kind of still, but then but things were moving in the periphery, and then what you know, so it was just this kind of like hazy. I, I like that hushed. I think that's a great yeah. term, like these hushed sounds that are like kind of on the sides of me, uh, and I really like. It's very very effective. On Marguerite and Granville, I heard uh, like the the sort of sound that comes in in the beginning is sort of uh, bells tolling, and I I sort of uh, I envision this uh, the holding of an underground court or something like there maybe maybe it is like meeting in the catacombs, meeting in the in the uh, abandoned waterways or empty waterways or something, and and having these discussions. There's sort of an alarm like on off quality that it gets after a little while, and there's this 
kind of ghastly wind that I heard like kind of blowing through the tunnels or through the ways that really took me somewhere. And already on the second track, I'm just like, well, all right, I'm, I'm in this record. I'm soaked into it. Well, I was going to say, well, if you were smelling a foul omen, there's a reason for that, because the relationship of Margaret and Granville um, truly kind of set the tone for the rebellion. Uh, she was the governor of the Netherlands and Granville was a cardinal and he advised her to um, enforce Catholicism in the area. And that is something that sparked lots of atten- lots of tension um, among the peoples. Um, and so, you know, Granville later was basically the, the revolt was against his presence there and um, Margaret was forced to abdicate. Uh, so, it, it is kind of like the darkness, um, maybe one of the last straws that the people feel and say, you know, no more. Uh, but I do want to say some really weird things about like, I, I, th- I think that the tone of this, the strangeness and the darkness, um, this whole time, like it, it's a weird time for people because they're all, you know, kind of captured in this power play between royal monarchies, right? So Margaret was actually betrothed to be married at five years old. She was engaged. Like what five-year-old gets engaged? So she is then engaged. By the time she's 15, she's a widow. Uh, Then she has twin sons. One of them immediately dies. Um, And then so she goes to Italy and she's staying near Parma um, and they can't solve this dispute between the monarchy and the Pope over who gets to rule Parma. So the concession was she gives her son to another family, they rule Parma and she leaves. So her whole life is just really controlled and honestly just sad. She's been a widow three times. She has to give away her children um, for the sake of the throne and for power. And then she is sent to a town in the Netherlands so that the Spanish monarchy can maintain control there where she is completely controlled as well and seen, you know, as a villainous person who's running uh, the town to the ground. So everything is just shrouded in darkness. Wow. Yeah, it is. And I mean, the sonically, this reflects that so well. Yes. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, sorry. I wasn't ready for that. That's a lot of of info about uh, about a three minute, 45 second song, a lot of history. (laughs) Which is a really cool thing about this record is that it comes from someplace, right? It's, It's inspired by these events. And I do think that Eve, who did Nightmarish, was really appreciated all of these events and and saw them because clearly you know had had some feelings about them because this album is dedicated and and mapping her feelings towards it absolutely and we get to the longest track on the record next rotterdam doesn't feel long none nothing feels nothing about this album feels long i mean it all this all just because you just are so invested and you just there's nowhere else you want to be this has a really cool almost like like primitive motor sound that kind of starts this track i thought that was a really cool kind of new sound introduced into the record yeah i almost thought it was a harmonium too like a, maybe it's, some, that, it's that very cool one like droning tone i guess it can like morph in your head into a motor into you know a reed instrument an organ something like that yeah i wrote it down as buzzing but i know the sound you're talking about yeah and, and the it's return really cool. of water here which makes sense rotterdam's yep. a, a port city as well right um, yep. And there's, there is another sort of like descending melody here, but you hear, and because of the water I'm, I'm taken to the port and I'm taken to these, there's these sort of 
objects colliding. I hear like ships rubbing against the dock or something. Like it's very, these kind of heavier sounds. And there's these, there's this rhythm that comes in, but it's not, it's just these like three cracks, <laughs> sort of these yeah. <laughs> that repeat. And it's really, really cool. And it gets louder and louder as the track goes on. Uh, I don't know. I'm a sucker for that kind of thing where there's just like a weird, was a weird rhythmic component introduced, but it's certainly not on sort any sort of a uh, grid. You know, it's just this like loose, the sound that keeps happening and you're getting closer to it or it's getting closer to you. And this track, this track really does that. Yeah. When those metal, like just that, just that metal drumming comes in oh. at the end, it's so, yeah, it's just it's so ominous. Sounding. I think of it as a call to battle. Yeah, like it's it's rallying the troop. It's it's rallying the people. Um, and and of course the rebels had the most success at sea. The Guzan in the next track. Um, yeah. What are what are the Guzan? Okay, so <laughs> the Guzan means the beggars. Um, it's a they um basically are the opposition to the Spanish rule. And the reason they got their name is because. Um, they, in 1566, uh, 250 nobles decided to march to the capital to present their list of grievances against Philip II, because at this time, um, Charles V had died, Philip II had taken the throne, um, and Margaret, uh, was there, uh, and they were presenting their list of grievances to her, uh, and as they walked up, she became scared and said, are the people revolting? What's going on? Um, and her counselor said, N'ayez pas peur, madame, ce n'est sans que des gueules, which means don't, uh, don't fear, madam. They are but beggars. So he was just calling all of the nobles presenting their list of grievances against the throne beggars. So they decided to adopt the name. And from then, from there forward, um, they used a beggar's purse as their symbol and outstretched hands, um, and their, uh, I like their slogan, which was loyal to the king up to carrying the beggar's pouch uh, because they were taxing the bejesus out of them. So they were basically saying, um, we're loyal to you, but, you know, you can't keep taking our assets. Right. Wow. And and so when the when uh, like you, you had the most success, they were taking to the sea. Um, and what they did was uh they would go and rob Spanish ships and then dock in British ports, um, unload their cargo and then make their way back. Um, then at one point, um, the queen decided that they couldn't take their ports anymore. I'm sure under pressure from Spain. Uh, so they just said, fine, we'll just start taking port cities. Uh, and they did. Well, <laughs> this and this track, too, has this like it's just like steam like coming up. So, again, I'm thinking I mean, I am just thinking like. These ships and these this movement. There's that kind of rhythmic thud in this mm -hmm. track too that does kind of have this propelling sound. And then to me, we're just surrounded by steam and it's obscuring our vision in all directions. I just think of like villager, like not even village. I mean, they were nobles like in torches, like marching up to the capital. And also I felt like there was like almost a rattlesnake in the mix like that like that like shuddering and grinding wheels it, it's very ominous i've got i've got grinding here in my notes i also have rising from the depths which could be the steam and other, and other sounds just sort of coming up from from underneath but there's there's also these layers of noise that are this is one of those tracks that's got dense layers like near and far there's there's all this sort of uh clamor about you all this sort of d different noises at different distances and it's one of those things i've really come to appreciate in terms of 
noise production now is when I can really get a sense of space from something and it's not just a sort of reverb or this and that, but when there's really a, a sense of a distance between the things you're hearing, uh, 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 spatialness to it. And this has that fully, I hear uh, up close, like uh, concrete sound, like so scratching on stones and stuff. There is the grinding. There's the, the sort of bass rhythm thing that's going on under it. But then there's all these sounds at different, different uh, distances. And it's, it's just such a cool, cool track. Yeah, I, I really, really dug this one a lot. The end has this almost musical quality to it that feels like it's like a, a tune breaking down, but it's never, it's nothing that ever felt like it was in the song, and all of a sudden it sort of becomes revealed at the very end, and it's, I, I like that aspect of it too. It really. Yeah, I love the haunted melody for yeah. sure. Ah, so cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, through a lot of this record, there are those just obscured haunted notes and melodies that just it just adds to the depth of this record and i know exactly what you mean Greg. i do i love the the space and distance in these tracks you know, there's things that are far away there's things that are up close and she's she's really good at managing that space and giving a sense of just a full surrounding sense and it's even really great. hiding the tools you know i i can't yeah. really pick out what's being used no. are they are they field recordings is it equipment like is it some sort of like electronic static like like truly it's it's hard to say well the the next track into great distress has that like weird like l like loopy like it, again it sounds like mechanic it sounds like a weird primitive mechanical like contraption or something but i but yeah kind of like you're saying too, I, yeah. I have zero idea what it actually is but that's that's i love that you know there's a there's probably four tracks I can on here could say are my favorite tracks. In Great Distress is it's like easily one of those. It's so uh, cool. And when I mentioned yeah. Herman Kopp earlier talking about the label Collectoro, uh, this this is the track that reminds me of that because there's this this what at first sounds like like bowed strings, scratch strings, uh, starts to it's really sinister and dissonant, but it starts to sound like like sawing and. And glass after a while, and it's really a kind of strange, off-putting, intense track. It's a really short track. I think the shortest on the record, but it oh yeah, it gets its point across wonderfully. Well, I, it's funny that you say sawing. Like I, I hear that too, and I, I kept thinking of the great distress was like struggling for breath, like like panting because you're out of breath. Um, but also like the the tone of it changes and it almost becomes like metal. So it's like a panting saw. Yeah. I, I, I had the image of sawing chains uh, yeah. with, with this track, like trying to saw through a, a chain with like a rusty metal saw. That's, that was the a full on vibe it gave me. I agree though too. I did think I heard voice. Uh, I thought mm -hmm. there was voice for a little bit, but then it did get kind of, obscured and overtaken and it might not have been voice but i thought i heard a little bit of voice here i didn't write Vocal down mirage. voice on my notes but i know what you're talking about yeah, because i yeah. felt it too yeah like it probably isn't there's there's one other track where there's almost like maybe we're hearing voices but probably not but maybe uh but again i don't know she's she's really great at obscuring these sounds so you know 
who knows? Who can well, tell? She knows. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely, <laughs> you know, a synth involved, it feels like, with with some, like, a couple of the sounds. But a lot of it is, like, yeah, field recording and just, like, really abstracted sounds. And they they all work together to conjure this image. It's it, it's a nice use of stuff. And, yeah, I can't tell you, like, what is being used on this, specifically if it's not some water. You know, like, okay, yeah, I, hear, I hear what definitely sounds like water. Otherwise, uh, Sawing chains it made me want to go outside and saw some chains. <laughs> I think that's always a good thing when a record can make you want to like go try. Like maybe that's not what's happening on here, but I am gonna saw some chains out in my backyard. Sound soon. really good. I think that's a great. What type of microphone are you gonna use? A contact mic? What do you mean? <laughs> uh, I thought about maybe a contact put mic and a cheap condenser. Uh, you know. Mm. Yeah. Sounds sounds good to me. Okay. Um. So we get to the middle of the album here, and with uh. Egmont and Horn, I guess, would be... Yeah, these were um, two counts, Count Egmont and Count Horn. They were the first leaders of the Dutch Revolt. Um, they were the head of the party that opposed Granville and the Inquisition, and they actually forced um, the Cardinal Granville's uh, resignation. Oh, very cool. And you get the... Oh, yeah, I forgot to mention they were also decapitated. The, and, these uh, two guys were <laughs> decapitated? These two guys were decapitated in 1568, yes, in Brussels. Um, yeah, so they, there was another guy, Count Orange with him. Uh, he was, he kind of was in hiding for a while and it's rumored that they just, um, they, it was said that he was died of a sickness, but it's also rumored that they just, um, suffocated him in his bed. Oh, wow. Um, well, this one has, this one kind of has the most, uh, upfront rhythmic section. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I refer to it in my notes as a crude martial loop, but I it's not yeah. quite martial. It's not quite that, but it has this other thing that I kind of often associate with with uh, like skin crime, and it's just like arranging of metals, <laughs> like right, 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 metal pieces kind of clinking together uh, on the on the more ambient skin crime stuff, and it, it's I'm not sure what that is, but I like it, and it's it's fully at work here. And again, a lot of things are still very obscured on this. Like there is a distant synth sound and there is a distant like metal being sharpened sound. And there is this kind of strange rhythm, but it's like it's all in this strange haze that you that you you maybe get you maybe can kind of put your finger on it for a, a couple seconds. But then this other thing kind of takes it over. It's really, really such a great way of putting this track together. And it's and it's also never um lighthearted like nothing no. on here is ever you know fun or or sweet in any way no. uh it's all very you know heavy and at best it's it's hiding you know yeah <laughs> like that's that's when it's the cheeriest i mean these are are two men that were you know they they were also part of royal families so they were distant cousins like they were they were murdered by their distant cousin for opposing a rule um, you know, there's, and they were leading a revolt, which killed many, many people. So like, again, um, there, there's no, um, great like cheering and reward right now. It's like everybody loses. Yeah. One might even call the arrangements on these tracks woefully arrayed. <laughs> I think that is yes. such a, that is like, yes, that's exact. That title is how this album is yes. put together, how each track is put together, uh-huh. how the order is put together. It, absolutely. And and now 
and, and now kind of that that we have the the most rhythmic kind of in that mid that that middle track and now the rhythm is gone and we're just left with ghosts as the spirits rise up to kind and of some, take over some power drone on this too. That thing comes yeah. out. <laughs> that to me is the heaviest like single tone on the record for the entire yes. length. Of it. The, mm-hmm. the drone that comes in on this is the loudest and most pronounced at any one time. There might be layers of four other things going on on some other track. This one is like, it is, it presents itself immediately. Yes, yes. It's the, it, actually, this is actually the shortest track uh, on, on. Oh, you know the what? You're right. At, You're right. At two minutes and twenty seconds, yeah. and again, I, again, it's I, 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 I don't think saying a track should be longer is even a criticism because it's only that. Like, I just want this track to be. You know, forty minutes. It's just like you're yeah. just like, oh, this is so good. But hey, you just you just go back and play it again. Uh, but it, and we it, did, it, yeah, like we did. Uh, but yeah, this is just this is it. Kind of sets the stage for the really the second half. And I I do kind of see this record as going going like that. Whereas Eggman and Horn kind of ha- is this kind of weird, you know, peak of something. And then now we're on the back. Now we're sliding back down again. Mm-hmm. And Wolf Wheeler Raid is just the beginning of that slide down. And so much air in it. Like yeah. like just dark wind, air, spirits, haunting, yeah. like vacated. Like you said, like a totally vacated city. Like you're you're peeking around the corners because you don't know what's there. Yeah. It's I mean, and honestly, I think another thing that and I think it's the the you know, Netherlands setting that was coming to mind the whole time was, uh, you know, Herzog's Nosferatu. Oh, yeah. And especially, you know, when the ships, you know, the ship comes in and the rats and the plague begins, you know. And obviously this isn't plague-based. This is, you know, Inquisition-based. But it's still that imagery that I'm getting, you know, from that the old the old towns of, of the Netherlands uh, and just the darkness of that movie. Wonderful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, boy, arcane, the spirit winds are blowing through our bodies on this one. (laughs) Water returns again for this one. Mm -hmm. It is swirling in front of us as we're just kind of giving ourselves into the spirit winds. There's a sort of groaning going on to this too. This just low, like maybe this is the other, uh, sort of human voice you might've heard. Cause it's just this like, uh, like, I don't know, resigned, doomy groaning sound uh but there's also this like high kind of feedback ish stuff going on on this track and it's almost a it's like a scraping high like uh yes Mm -hmm. yes 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 i know exactly what you i know exactly the sound you're talking about yeah i and it's it's it, it is like a new sound that's introduced we haven't really heard that before uh Pre, on any of the previous tracks, it is kind of a new, a new dynamic that's introduced in this yeah, track, and that made me think of torture. Like this song to me sounded like the moaning of like torture. Like maybe it's the ghosts coming back to tell about their torture. I don't know, but uh, just the the combination of that that scraping, the metal, just thinking about old like rusty implements, like being on the rack. I this whole thing made me think of torture. Wow, absolutely. You know. It's a strange dichotomy, I guess, because the next or a strange juxtaposition, because the next track, Brill, my first notes are a nice garden. Well, this mm. this is actually where 
I thought I was hearing voices again. I was wondering if I was hearing voices through the fog. And I think that is kind of how it starts. There is almost a, again, it is a different, a different type of darkness that seems to be coming in the distance. Um, and this one has, this one does have drums or, you know, a, a, a drum in it, but this is a very different drum that from any, any of the previous mm-hmm. rhythms or, or any sort of little bit of rhythm here and there that's been in the album. This sounds like it is, this sounded like someone was sitting in the room hitting that drum in front of us. Talk about, you know, the space in this track. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like it's in the room. I was going to say a little history for this one. Brill is the first town that the water goosen took. So um, the the town of Brill is kind of um, championed as the as the first place that the um, the pirate beggars were able to um, port their boats. So maybe you are hearing a bit of a sense Dock, of not port Bob, of Bob. you know maybe that maybe that garden you were hearing Gray was some sort of. Uh, you know, a win for these for the uh, people who are being discussed on this. Yeah, it's a call to arms. It's a marching drum for sure. The the drum is pretty loud, but it's also muted. It's it's not there's not much on the high end, not much attack on it. It's like a more like a war drum, more like a you know, it's really Mm -hmm. again a, a suffocated sort of drum. But there's also this I, I guess I refer to it in my notes as a wild spinning uh as melody. I I, I see things glittering and reflecting light in the darkness in this garden and there those things are making this sound it's like a it's not wind chimes but it's it's like some other <laughs> not non-existent thing like wind chimes that re- react to light or something. I don't know how to explain what it makes me feel, but I really got, and maybe the voice in this one that you're hearing too is like a, a hushed. I, I was kind of envisioning a garden party almost. And that was the drumming was part of a celebration and oh. the the voices would be like the din of people talking in different places in this, in this garden or park or whatever. Um, I don't know well, why. Maybe it, <laughs> well, maybe it sounds like that. If you're standing on the shore, listening to people at sea, having battles, um, or maybe if you're at sea listening to the people on the shore calling your ship in, definitely. I the the sort of glittering I'm talking about could also be kind of seen as a um, like Xenakis Persepolis, like the carrying of the torches down the the mountain or something, you know. Absolutely, know. it's mm-hmm. this. This is uh, another favorite track on here. There's there's a lot of weird sound in it, a lot of weird buzzing that goes on and off, and a lot of imagining to do with it yeah i mean i thought i thought maybe the flies were buzzing uh in this one well they're definitely buzzing in the next track because on well we're being pulled back in time for this track you just we are we are absolutely rushing back in time uh the way this starts is is yeah we're we're rushing being pulled back and it's got this cavern atmosphere to it that I just immediately took to but there's uh, sticks in reverse was my only idea like note to write for this sound because it does sound like a backwards the backwards hitting of something if if you know what I mean (laughs) yes and it's man there's also just this like wailing sound in it this is a 
Antwerp is uh, one of my favorite cities, and this is one of my favorite tracks on this. Also, this is like it's a it's a different vibe than a lot of the rest of the record, while still fitting in perfectly. And it's just got that dragging, clatter, wailing cavern atmosphere. All all the it's, things I want yeah. to hear. Yeah, totally. It's a it's, it's a haunted disarray. This well, track and that's because. Um, there was this thing called the Spanish Fury uh, that happened in Antwerp. It was slaughtering and looting that lasted for 11 days, and it was one of the last major pushes by the um, Spanish monarchical, um, what are those called? Armies. <laughs> so uh, they invaded Antwerp, looted, killed, and raided for 11 days. Wow. So it was an absolute horrible um, massacre, massacre, and it really made all of the other provinces um, take note and say, we're not doing this anymore and stand up against the monarchy. So that was kind of like the last violent straw. So this was the Spanish trying to quell the resistance, the revolt. You got it. They Antwerp were trying to destroy for Antwerp. 11 days straight, 11 days looting and killing. Good Lord. <laughs> And yeah. it, and that totally makes sense because there is that this this does have this has the most cacophonous sounds in it, especially yes. near the end of the track. So that mm. makes that's man. I mean, she really, really she like, nailed it. I know. I, my first lines were before I knew about that story. I was just like, whips, drips, and fear. Like this is totally like strange machines, isolation, empty streets, and fear. This is just. It's just you know. This is just such a focused and well thought out album in every way. I think that's I think that's why we're just so just mm -hmm. blown away by it, and why Gray's been blown away by it for however many years he's oh, been yeah. blown away by it. I mean, we're just like the more you get into this, the more you're just like, wow, there is this is just a total vision. This album, exactly. And so, like the next track, like um, all of the provinces linked together to form a provisional anti-Spanish alliance, um, and that was known as the Peace of Ghent. Um, and so the next track is Ghent. And the waters return. The empty ghosts are just kind of expanding and 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 hovering all around us. And this has that this has the most forceful synth line in it. You know, this is a lot of time throughout mm -hmm. the rest of the record. It's been very obscured or it's been a little bit down. This actually is very upfront in this and has a different tone to it, too. I think that's one of the things this record does well is establishes some of these sort of sounds and ideas in it. Like you, a lot of these tracks have a really buried melody or a lot of these tracks have this sort of cavernous atmosphere, but it's lower in the mix and it's just part of kind of a drone or total vibe of it. But then there's a track that sort of features each aspect of these, these mm -hmm. different parts that are, have all been put into it. And so like, there's one where the rhythm is more of the focus. There's one where the melody is more of the focus. There's one where the drone is more of the focus. There's one where the heavy bass drone is more of the focus. There's one where the field recordings and water is more of the focus. And it puts all this together and cycles you through all of it. So it really is like, a, a complete package, a complete journey. And I was taken to the, the bell tower of Ghent and overlooking the city with this one. And just the, the sort of miserable clatter of the street down below. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. We're marching towards the final light in this one. Yeah. This, this might be my favorite track. It's so, it's so heavy. And it, and it just leads right into the final track. 1579. 
which was the year of the Union of Eras. Um, and that is the federation of several southern provinces. And that basically resulted in the unofficial Declaration of Independence for the Netherlands. And then the next year, the official Declaration of Independence. And to me, this track was the light just opened up and we walked directly in. And it's just a very first breath of freedom, but it's still filled with um, sadness and suffering and yep. all the loss that everybody's had to face on every side. This Absolutely. is definitely the track of like relief that it's over a feeling like the, the simple like two note melodies haunted and sad, but it's like continuing, you know, the, the strange percussion. I hear like a gas can or something on this, like a, a tin box of some sort. And, it's just the, the kind of waiting for the howling wind to die down to like let whatever's past end and start anew. And that's that's a nice way to end this record. It's an incredible way to end this record. And I mean, just, you know, wow. You know, we're we're we were really taken somewhere with this record. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. She just she just really this is a. Yeah, like I, I think, like we said, this is this is obviously a very well thought out, very focused, and very, uh, uh, you know, I, I I guess I don't, I guess I don't maybe have the exact words to put it in. It's it's hard to put into words because it yeah. is just a really, it's a very powerful record. Yeah, and and it has like a great. It's cohesive in its own way. It's cohesive. It's diverse. Um, it it tells a tale. It takes you um on places. Like if you don't know the story that the tracks are based on, it doesn't matter because the sounds alone are enough to bring you on your own private journey. And and maybe the fact that it is so riddled with sadness and fear and hiding is what truly you can relate to and make it interesting. Because, you know, if you're alone um, in your internal spaces, I would say that those are feelings that you frequently visit and so the the absolute mystery of it is um is is really interesting and it's it's a great ride. Yes, nightmarish. Wow. And, and the history behind it's a great ride too. And um if anybody wants to look up a monarch that they don't know anything about, Charles V is really weird. His whole family's strange. His mother Joanna the Mad is wild. I really want to check out the uh the other album, the Pompeii album. Oh yeah. I'm sure again, obviously if she's this focused on the history uh, through this record, I can only imagine. I'm sure she nailed uh, uh, Pompeii and its its tragic history on that CD. Yeah, I would like to hear this, please. I think we can make that happen. <laughs> awesome. Well, great, man. Thanks, Gray. Thank you for introducing us to this record. Thank you for you know probably introducing a lot of listeners. I'm sure there's some out there who you know who know this record, but you know probably not a ton. I mean, there's only, what this is an edition of. 240 from yeah, 1990. There's no, there's no reissue. Oh there's my. no anything. So, you know. Um, Easy to find. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, wow. If you can track this down, there is, you are in for a, an incredible uh, sonic journey as, as we just took. So got to thank Gray for this one. <laughs> Thanks. I'm glad, uh, <laughs> glad you all enjoyed it. Got to mm-hmm. thank Nightmarish for this gotta one. Got to thank Nightmarish for this one. And Galactoro. Absolutely. Well, you gotta, you gotta have to, uh, have to uh, jot down the next uh, Galactoro record that we do on here. Maybe you kind of mentioned maybe a Herman Cop, maybe something like that. So 
You, this is this is your territory, and we are happy to uh, to venture into that territory with you. So discover right. that realm. Heck yeah! You've been listening to Noise Extra. Noise Extra is brought to you by Chondritic Sound, a home to noise artists for over seventeen years. By Verdant Weapons, maker of quality contact microphones and noise devices, and by our Patreon supporters. You can find our Patreon at patreon.com slash noise extra, and your support really helps. You can find us on Instagram at noise extra, on the web at noiseextra.com, one E in those, and on Twitter at noise extra, with three A's at the end. Thank you for listening to us and to noise.